You are listening to Up To Me Radio, the best in inspirational talk radio. It's up to me. Hello, my friends, and welcome to Coffee with Kim. I invite you to journey with me to a new day. I believe God has led you to this moment and this place because He is about to bring purpose and potential to your story. So join thousands of women and men from around the globe who have discovered how powerful their stories become once Christ touches them with His purpose. Don't you long to make this same discovery? Then grab your coffee, scoot in, and join me as we let God's Word reveal how every part of your past has been preparing you for this very moment. Well, hello again, everyone. I am so delighted to welcome you back to coffee, and I'm especially excited to bring in one of my dearest friends. You're going to love her. I know you probably have seen her on the big screen. You've probably read her books because she is an actress. She is an author. She's a mom. She is an amazing woman of authenticity, and I am so thankful that I get to call her my friend, Andrea Logan. Andrea, I know you are one of the busiest people in the world. Thank you so much for stopping by to have coffee with us today. Oh my goodness, Kim, thank you for having me. I can never say no to you. You are my I am your biggest fan. So I'm so excited to spend some time with you and your and your community. Well, that's very humbling because I know who you are. I know the expanse of your friendship and your influence. So uh, truly, it's just an honor to know you and, and to know the real you, Andrea. I know that many times we see people on the big screen. We see you as a as a model. We've seen, gosh, all over the place how God has blessed you. But yet, I feel like to me, it's so wonderful to know you and your heart and to be able to see the authentic side of you, which, Andrea, kind of leads me to my my first question. In, in all that you portray and, and how the world could see you as just, uh, you know, just perfect in all ways, so skilled, so talented, uh, so successful, so beautiful, so this, so that, why was it important to you? to come out and say, that's not the entire story, because it would have been so much easier for you just to let people live with that illusion. And I love that about you, but why was it so important to you? Oh, thank you, Kim. I I think, first of all, each and every one of us are made for a purpose, and we are all children of God, right? So the titles and the opportunities, they come and go, and at the end of the day, you know, God doesn't really care about all the titles. We, you know, he cares about our identity and our worth and him and in Christ or before I got saved, those titles, they might matter for a minute or two, and then everybody moves on and nobody cares. And what we really care and how we connect and how we heal is through each other's stories is through getting to know one another and the good, the bad, and the beautiful. And so my heart has always been growing up in the Midwest and there was no Hollywood, you know, red carpet. There was even before that I had an identity crisis because I didn't know that my foundation was to be rooted and grounded into the love of God and that we are all fearfully and wonderfully made. And so I just think I have a heart for everybody to know wherever they live, whatever they do, 
that, that we are all God's kids, that we are all made for his purpose. And it doesn't matter at the end of the day what we do or don't do. You know, I so agree. We get so wrapped up in titles and success and degrees and all these other things. And I remember one night, it was a it, you know middle of the night, deep darkness. I remember, you know, you can't see anything. It's dark. And I remember God whispering into my into my heart, who are you in the dark? Mm. If people couldn't see what car you drive or what cute little shoes you have or your your kids or all these things that make you feel, who are you? What are you about? And, you know, that's a good question for us each to think about in the deep darkness, because that's where God, he sees us in that. And that's what I love about your story and what you portray is that you you allow people to see the real you. Andrew, you just said something um, that I want, would love to dive into a little bit. You said before I met Jesus, before I was saved, can you tell us a little bit about that, that life before you met him and maybe how you did meet him? Oh my goodness. Well, so I grew up in the Midwest in the cornfields outside of Chicago and I was an athlete and from little on, I just remember, even in second grade, one of my little friends liked this boy, and that boy liked me, and so she was mad at me. And so from little on, I think I felt like something was wrong with me because she turned the whole class against me. And so I just constantly felt like I didn't fit in. I wasn't enough. There was always somebody that was better at sports or smarter or, you know, it was the comparison even even up in the, in the Midwest. And so I think um, that feeling of rejection and low self-esteem started really from when I was younger. So going into high school, when you're going through the identity crisis of being uncomfortable in your skin and, and liking boys, and, and obviously I didn't know the Lord. So we experiment and we escape. And then, um, and then I battled, as we both talk about, an eating disorder to yeah. escape the pain because of abandonment issues and very painful childhood um, memories that I that I walked through. So it was, for me, a coping mechanism as a stronghold. Whether, whatever the addiction is, we all kind of cling on to something yes. because if we don't have Jesus, and even when we do have Jesus, we are just trying to get through yes. and, and, and walk through this life and it's hard. Um, and so I lived in San Diego with my dad after high school. And I fell in love with the acting bug, going to community college, doing some modeling down there and fell in love with the acting bug and moved up to Hollywood with $350 in my bank account. And my roommate at the time happened to be Hef's, Hugh Hefner's, uh, the Playboy Mansion, <laughs> the, the one and only Hugh Hefner, his girlfriend. And so she oh. befriended me. And I quickly got sucked into that world of sex, drugs, rock and roll, and everything on the outside was perfect and beautiful. Nice. But I was starving physically and spiritually for the one and only Jesus that I knew that, you know, I couldn't be satisfied. The, I, I was auditioning and trying to become somebody. And, um, you know, I don't know if you remember back in the 90s, uh, Pamela Anderson on Baywatch, she was the idol of the world. She was the icon. Yeah. And um, and I just remember if I could only be on Baywatch and it wasn't even about about the exterior. It was just about doing something that I loved. Well, I got sucked into that. And before I knew it, I was, you know, I was dating 
a handful of men. I was going to the Playboy Mansion. I fell into drugs. I fell into the celebrity world and it was the, it was darker and emptier. And I came to my breaking point. And I remember um, on the coming to a stoplight at the corner of Sunset and uh, La Brea crying out. And I said, God, I don't know if you're real, but if you are, you need to show me who you are. And that was my stoplight moment. And I um, came to a near overdose with drugs and and there was a man in a car that beats his horn as I was sobbing and crying and did not want to move on another day in my life. And he pointed to the radio station and drove away. And a bumper sticker said, Jesus loves you. Mm-hmm. And so here I am in my stick shift car in Hollywood at 20, 21 years old. He drove away and I turned to that radio station and it was a pastor repeating the words that I had just cried out to God for. So I know that God will meet you where you're at which is why I always say, come as you are. And God will use a stranger. He will use a donkey. He will use anybody and anything to, to let you know that you are his child and that he's there waiting with open arms. I, I am, I've heard that story before because you've been on the TV show. And every time I think about it, Andrea, I just think about how, how visible we are to God, no yes. matter where we are. And how he hears us so many times we think that we have to have the right words. We have to have the, be in the right place. We have to have, but you were in your vehicle and you, that man will never know how he affected your life. Right. You'll never, he'll never know. But I think it's important for people to understand that you don't have to be in a cathedral. You don't have to be in, uh, in the right clothes or in the right place to really call out to the Lord and he will meet you right there. I love that. He's always, he's, he's around. I mean, really he's pursuing us always. It's whether or not we're looking to looking at the signs because there's people. And as soon as I got saved, it was like everywhere I turned around in my workplace, every, I was like, how are there so many Christians? I didn't see them before, but you know, God really does work in mysterious ways and he's always working. We just have to, to be hungry enough to see his hand and his imprint on our lives. Even in those moments of trauma and pain and abuse and neglect and whatever it is, because we all have them. He's still, he's still there. The Holy spirit is always working. Always working. And he never gives up on us. He's always there to comfort and guide us. Contrary to what we think that he's there to zap us when we do something wrong. Well, let me ask you something. How did just tell us about how your life changed once you became a believer? Well, I always say I went from partying, you know, at the Playboy mansion to, turtlenecks in Jesus. So I had a drastic 180 and I would go to church and I just felt safe enough to sit in the back row in the last seat with my turtlenecks. And I wanted nothing to do with guys. And I just wanted to date Jesus. And so I just went and sat and just remember sitting in his presence. And that's all I could. And I just, there was so much peace Mm -hmm. and, um, and I was still shy, but it was it was enough to get me in the door to hunger and thirst for his word and his love. And then I would leave. And then slowly I became more comfortable and, and had friends. And then I started volunteering in the youth group. And so that was uh, my lifestyle then. So I wanted to do it God's way. I was like, I'm done trying to do everything my way. And God, if you want me, whatever it is, I, I want to do it for you and your glory. So I put acting at the foot of your cross. I put me at the foot of your cross. I put my desires at the foot of your cross. And to this day, I still have to do that every day because we all want to do us, right? 
Yes. But I want to do God in his will. I don't want to do my will anymore. And that and that's the battle, isn't it, Andrea? That's that's the battle between the flesh and the spirit is that that is always there. It's it's the yes. carnal nature is always trying to raise its ugly head. And many times it can be disguised in a, in a good way. So we have to even be careful. To me, I think it always goes back to the motive. I always have to go back to why, Kim, why are you seeking this? And and like you said, just um, daily submitting to what God would have. Well, Andrea, and you know, an actress, an author. Um, I'm going. I want to get to your uh, book that I want to talk talk about perfectly uh, unfinished. But before I do that, I don't want to skip over the mom part because I know what a big part of your life is about being a great mom. So, what do you want to tell us about your your being a mom? Oh my goodness! Well, Kim, as we've talked about this, and I I always say above any other thing that I've ever accomplished. I feel like I'm mediocre at everything. If anything, yeah, I'm just like, yeah, yeah, I'm okay. I'm okay. But a mama, being a mama is, I always say is my greatest accomplishment and greatest gift. And I didn't know, a doctor had told me years ago in my twenties that I would, because of the damage that my body went through with eating disorders, that I wouldn't be able to conceive. So the fact that I have three miracle babies and there's testimonies within those pregnancies Two of them I almost lost midterm and so on on bed rest. So I say, you know, that is, they are the greatest gifts. They speak to me. They teach me. They keep me on my toes. And my goodness, you know, I feel like it's payback, but it's Mm -hmm. also the greatest blessing. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you can always run away from a career or a marriage or this or that, you know, but you can't ever leave your kids. You just can't. And And I think my heart is, is first and foremost, I don't care what they do. I just want them to know Jesus and the love of Jesus. So their life verse is Ephesians 3, 16 through 19, that they, that they're rooted and grounded in the love of Christ always, because that to me, God's unconditional love and his faithfulness towards us is, um, is everything to me and my kids. Well, I knew you would light up when I said that, and um, and it is true. It's 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 just one of those things that you. Well, becoming a mom is really what broke my uh, tough exterior, um, uh, calloused uh, wall that I had around me. Because I I know that you can relate to this when you're hurt over and over and disappointed over and over and abandoned and all the things that you and I have walked through. That many people who are listening today have walked through in some way or the other, you began to build this wall and God will use those children. He'll use whatever um, he can use to get to our heart. And uh, for us, it was, you know, our children, I know it was for me, it's the children. It's like, I didn't want to teach them the behavior that I had learned in trying to just be self-protected because I didn't want them to ever feel like they had to be self-protected. I wanted them to feel protected by God's love and by, by my love. Amen. And that's a great gift. I want to back up, Andrea. I do want to, there's a scripture when you were talking about um, accepting Christ and how he meets us everywhere. There's a scripture that I love. It is in Matthew eleven twenty eight, where it says, come to me, ye who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. I just want to give that to those who are listening today because you had so beautifully talked about how God will meet us anywhere. And I just want to give them that scripture, that foundational scripture of his promise 
that he will meet us in the midst of our burdens, in the midst of our hurts. As a matter of fact, that's where he longs to meet us, right? He doesn't want us to put on a fake smile, pretend everything's okay when it's not. Um, he wants to meet us right in the middle of the hurts. And this is the season um, where I know this will be shown throughout the year, but right now we're filming in the Christmas season. And during the holidays and different times of uh, the year can be very lonely times. And so just knowing God is there with us, to me, is a great comfort that we can give out to those around us. Amen. Yeah. Okay. So let's go into your book, Perfectly Unfinished. Tell us, why did you, why that title? <laughs> well, Perfectly Unfinished, because I think falling into, when I was in high school, my my brother had gotten in trouble. We grew up in a very small farm town. So three different cities went to my high school. And my mom was beautiful and the men loved her and my, she was divorced and she was a single mom and my brother had gotten in trouble. So I felt shame around my family and some of their choices. Mm -hmm. And so then there's something that stuck with me that I felt like, uh oh, I need to I need to be perfect. I can't be flawed. I can't do anything wrong. Mm -hmm. And that's where it's it, it's a matter of that eating disorder coming in and those lies of having to control things. And, and really the more, you know, Kim, the more we try to control things in our own strength, the more out of control we really are. Absolutely. And, and that anorexia later turned to uh, bulimia when I was a newlywed on fire for Jesus, born again, Christian turned into bulimia because you can only starve and restrict yourself for so long to where your body is like, Hey, you know, and, and what I realized too is I didn't know my own voice and the eating disorder was manifesting a voice that I felt like I couldn't be Andrea, I couldn't be me and I wasn't approved of. And so for me, uh, even in my own eyes, I could never be pretty enough, smart enough. Uh, you know, I couldn't book the auditions that I wanted. So that perfectionism, you know, it it's the veneer. It's just a veneer. Yeah. Hollywood only magnifies it. But I didn't have social media. I didn't even have a cell phone in high school. So what that shows you is before all of this chaos in social media, I still had that lie of not being enough back then. And um, my heart for young girls and teens and women and even men that, you know, there's no such thing as perfect. Right. Our savior who he lives inside of us is the only perfect one that ever walked this earth that we will never live up to what we want to live up to in the kingdom of God with yeah. or without Jesus, you know, day in and day out, I will always, always, always fall short of everything that I ever think I could be or would be. And so for me, embracing that ugly side of Andrea, that imperfect flawed side was a very, uh, it was the moment I encountered freedom because I had the idea of writing this book when I was pregnant with my son in 2005 and God had me wait 10 years until I got that book deal. God gave me a vision in 2005. I didn't get my book deal until 2015. It didn't release it till the end of 2017. And it was, God said, finally, you're ready to share the ugly side of you, the good, the bad, and the beautiful, also the imperfect side. Yes. And so I feel like it's just a calling that God has given me to, to make everybody feel comfortable enough to share the side that nobody wants to share. Yes. We all have it. We all do. And it's all wrapped up. We, we wrap the world, the enemy, the inner me, wraps it up in shame, guilt, and regret. 
shame, guilt, and regret. And shame needs one thing to survive, and that's secrecy. So if we keep it secret, we'll never. The reason you felt such freedom is because you released that. And Mm -hmm. it's so our feelings and the things that we think are so opposing to what God says because he really wants to. It goes back to your comment that I love so much. Um, we heal from each other's stories. And uh, and I would like for everyone to be able to understand uh, that type of freedom. So, Andrew, yes. what would you say to someone today who is um, like they're suffering from some of the things that maybe that, that we suffered from, the eating disorders, the, the sense of abandonment, the addictions. Maybe they're just maybe they're living just in secrecy right now that if, you know, last year about this time, a lady came to me and she said, well, I'm getting ready to go talk to my husband and I'm going to uh, I know that I am going to ruin our lives as soon as I talk to him. And I said, oh, my goodness, she had had met the limit on three different uh, credit cards. Mm -hmm. So he thought they had plenty of money. She knew they were going into bankruptcy and was having, getting ready to have to tell him she had been living this life. She had to charge and hide, charge to hide. And so I have a feeling there are a lot of people who are living in lies because they were trying to keep up with someone, try to be skinny enough for someone trying to, you know, there are people who are, are in addictions now, because they're wanting to be skinny enough. They're wanting to all the different things that we have. But you know what? There's such hope in that when you acknowledge it. So for someone who is listening or watching today, and they're just they're just feeling their lowest low. They're just tired of it, like you just said. They're just they're just tired. There's just there seems to be no way out. What would you and I'm just going to put you on full screen here. What would you just speak into their life as if you're just talking to them? Well, first of all, I want to say that you're not alone and God loves you so much. And everything that you're walking through is not a, an accident or a mistake. And to be honest, I think between depression and losing a loved one, um, addiction, Um, financial issues, trying to build a career in a company, raise kids, dealing with chronic illness. (laughs) I I feel like I've covered all the bases, but, but if you are struggling and you feel like, you know what, God, I can't make it through another day. I promise you're not alone and find, even if it's one friend, if you can't afford therapy to just confess, just confess, share, make sure that person, make sure it's a safe space. Um, I know that there's even hotlines, there's like addiction hotlines, eating disorder hotlines. There's so many free resources and maybe Kim, we can leave some below, but I want you to know that um, you're not alone and you heal and you will heal. And it's one day at a time, one moment at a time. I remember when I couldn't stop binging and purging or starving and, and thought, oh my goodness, I'm going to go to the grave loving Jesus doing this self-destructive spirit. So if there's anybody that's walking through a spirit that has self-destruction, I just pray. And we just ask that, Lord, that you cover them, that you protect them, that you just um, recognize that the love and the power of God can heal anybody and anything. And sometimes prayers aren't answered the way that we want them, but God, you answer prayers the way that you have what's best in their path. And Lord, and if they're crying out to you, I just even pray that you give them a sign today that you are working, that you love them and that um, that shame is a lie 
And uh, truly that uh, the freedom comes with just, just embracing where you're at and um, you're not alone. And I just want to say, I love you guys. I'm praying for you and, and feel free to reach out to me. I'm happy to, to lift each and every one of you up. Oh, Andrea, thank you so much. And you know what I love about that is that you really mean that. Um, I, th I feel like you and I have the same encounter with Jesus as the Samaritan woman. And it's yes. like once you realize his love, once you feel seen by him, then you just want everyone else to know. Uh, you just want everyone to feel that same type of freedom. And that's, I think that's the connector. And I think that's why you and I will always be such good friends is because that is our heart. And so I just want to thank you again so much for joining me. And I want to give, I want to put everything that you just said with telling your story. It's important. Um, and friends, if you haven't you can go onto Amazon and order perfectly and finish. You will just love the truthfulness, but you'll also, it, you'll, there's a guide of wisdom there that will help you to discover your story. And, and by reading someone else's story, it gives you the courage to, to step out. And that's what's so important is for us to find the courage because in Genesis 50, 20, it says that those things that came to harm us, God can heal us for, for our good and his glory. And then it goes on to say, for the saving of many. You know, Andrea, by telling our story, it truly does save many. It can save many from walking the same path. And then I love the scripture of Revelations 12, 11, where it says, um, it says, let me think about it, by the blood of the lamb and by the telling of our testimony that others will be saved. So that's how important it is for us to share our stories. And I just thank you so much for sharing yours. And thank you so much for joining us for coffee and for sharing your wisdom and your love and your compassion for others. Oh, likewise, Kim. Thank you. You're just such an honor to be with you. And uh, thank you for all that you do just to help encourage this world and just keep shining for Jesus. I love you. Oh, I love you. I love you more. And when I come out to California again, I'm going to stop by your house and knock on your door and we're going to go have coffee. Let's do it. I can't wait. All right. I love you, friend. Thanks love so much. You, Kim. Bye. Bye. Friends, I hope to see you next time right here on Coffee. Bye, everybody. To learn more about Kim's books, teaching materials, or to invite Kim to speak at your event, please visit kimcrable.org. Thank you for joining us today. And remember, to learn more, please visit kimcrable.org.